Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. I'm excited this series on the Psalms is so powerful. These inspired scripture songs, some 3,000, some even older, one psalm by Moses, are blessing our lives as we study together. So I want to welcome you. Today, the Word of the Lord, I will arise. Mm. What does that mean for your life today? Stay with us for a life-changing, interactive study of the Word of God. And welcome to our team. Good to be together again. Turn to someone next to you and say hello. hello. All right. <laughs> We're going to study the Word. What I love about Hope Sabbath School is it's, it's real. Yes. It's not scripted. It's a real study under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We're also glad Travis is going to be teaching our study today. Really looking forward to it, Travis. And we've got some remotes who are joining us. Let's see who. Haiti, great to have you back. Always good to have you with us today. Leah, always good to see you as one of our remotes. And Nicholas, great to have you with us. You know, I'm so thankful for our remote team members. It mm -hmm. expands our team, doesn't it? Yes. But we're glad also that you're here. And when Travis asked a question during the study today. You can raise your hand if you want to answer. He may not see you, but you engage with him. You can always write your response to us at sshope at hopetv.org and share with us how the Word of God that you're studying today impacts your life. You can also write and share with us your story. And here are just a few emails we've received recently. Rosita writes to us from Anguilla. That is in the British West Indies, mm. BWI. Is that right? Thank you for sharing your faith, Hope Sabbath School team. Mm. Mm. It's a blessing to hear everyone's insights. I'm watching from Island Harbor, Anguilla. Wow. Oh, Rosita, we're glad that you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. I think half of our team would like to come and visit you <laughs> there in Anguilla. Here's a note from... Chelsea, though not spelled exactly the same as our team member today. <laughs> Chelsea in South Africa. Hello, Hope Sabbath School. Hello. Hello. Got the wave. I've been watching you guys my whole life. Wow. <laughs> Say, how old are you? <laughs> I'm 14 years old, oh. and I live in South Africa. Amen. And I was baptized a few months ago. Hallelujah. Oh, wow. Amen. And your studies helped me on my journey. Thank you for all you've done. God bless you, Chelsea. Well, Chelsea, thank you for writing to us from South Africa. We are so glad that you are a devoted follower of Jesus, and we pray you'll be blessed through these studies. Here is a, a letter, actually, from a donor in North Carolina, here in the United States of America. And the donor writes, Thank you, Hope Sabbath School panel, for all you do. About nine years ago, God showed me your program mm -hmm. on Hope Channel. Mm -hmm. I'd been struggling as a Sunday-attending church Christian with questions that the pastors could not answer or their answers didn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Questions like, why doesn't this church do a full immersion for baptism? Mm -hmm. And more importantly, questions regarding the Bible itself. Mm. I was relatively new to Christianity, the donor writes. While I grew up in the, church as, in the church as a child, I never understood church, and I left as a young teen. I came back in my late 40s 
And let's give all the credit to our beautiful Lord and Savior for His long-suffering, never-ending call upon my life. Amen. <laughs> As I struggled, God brought Hope Sabbath School into my life. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, attending church on Sabbath was foreign to me, but after the first show, I was hooked. Not because of Sabbath, mind you, but because you answered the questions I had had for years. Amen. Wow. I continue to watch. You all helped me, and it mentions some names, including Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie, you want to give a wave to North Carolina. Fast forward now. I'm a fully-fledged, active member of a local Seventh-day Adventist church, and I have a wonderful Adventist family. I was baptized into the faith a year and a half ago. Again, hallelujah. And most importantly, I'm loving my walk with Jesus more than ever. (laughs) Get excited. I wish I could give you the name, but we don't. But this precious Hope Sabbath School partner sent a donation of a hundred dollars that was her way of uh, singing the lord's song right yeah. Yeah. we talked about that in a previous study giving her testimony you know who you are thank you for not only partnering with us financially but thank you for sharing your testimony of how the lord directed in your life and thanks to all of you who are part of our donor supported ministry you can go to our website hopetv.org slash hopess push the donate button and and just say god i just want to be part of the miracle Mm -hmm. as we prepare for the soon coming of jesus one last note from sheila on our youtube channel by the time this program airs there will be more than 100,000 subscribers on our youtube channel and we just went on youtube not that long ago but youtube is one other platform right Mm -hmm. where people are gathering information sheila's watching on youtube thanks for writing to us she says thank you hope sabbath school for making the bible clearer and easier to understand i've learned so much from these studies the testimonies are a great encouragement to me strengthen my faith and boost my hope God bless you all for this amazing program. But I love what Sheila says at the end. Glory to God. Amen. All glory to Him. Well, thank you so much, each one of you. And we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at sshope at hopetv.org. Your testimony could bless someone else's life in amazing ways. Have Have you sent for that free gift we have for this series on the Psalms? My wife generously offered a collection of trilogy scripture songs six scripture songs on the psalms including our theme song from psalm 105 which we'll be singing in just a moment if you go to our website hopetv.org slash hopess click on the free gift button you can download those beautiful songs you can share them with your family members and friends hide those words in your heart so that God's Word can be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Have you already learned Psalm 105? If so, let's sing it together.
I love that song. 3,000-year-old scripture song, and yet such a precious gift today. Travis, why don't you lead us in prayer as we begin our study? Let's call upon God's name. Father, we just want to thank you for this time that we could come and study about how you want to intervene, not only in our lives, but in everyone's life around the world. Lord, we want you to intervene in our study here through the, through the Holy Spirit. Show us just a glimpse, Lord, of your immeasurable and unfailing love. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Today's study, titled, I Will Arise. Mm. <laughs> We're going to be starting, of course, with a psalm. And Sean, I'm going to have you read that for us. Psalm 12, verse 5. Uh, there are groups of people out there um, who, well, some are called atheists, mm -hmm. some are deists. And before I have you read that verse, could someone tell me, what, what does a deist believe? Scott. Yeah, deist basically, basically believes that God set the world in motion and then has pretty much left it by itself from then on and has not had any further involvement. Mm -hmm. So God is not involved. He created the world, but he's not involved. Anyone else want to tell me what an atheist mm -hmm. is? Someone? Sean? Sure. Atheist, very simple, doesn't believe that any God exists. So an atheist doesn't believe that God exists. Well, Sean, I'm going to have you read from the Psalms. Yes. And uh, let's see how this verse challenges mm -hmm. those ideas. Would you read for us? Be happy to. We'll be reading Psalm 12, verse 5 from the New King James Version. For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. Well, that uh, word arise also means intervention. So right. here we see God intervening. That's right. How does that challenge, Puya? How does that challenge this idea that there is no God mm -hmm. or that God did create, but he's not involved? Right. It, it, this, this verse basically says that the creator God is coming to act. Mm -hmm. He's going to get involved. He's going to reveal himself. Thank you, Puya. Jonathan? Yeah, and one of the common things that you'll hear, uh, especially atheists, talk about how is like, how can there be a God if there is evil? Mm. And this verse says that God will arise. He will stand up. He will mm. not mm. just let things right. go on That's forever. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Chelsea? And it's so interesting to see what in this verse kind of prompts God to arise, right? Mm. It says in verse 5, that it's because the poor are plundered, because the needy groan. Mm -hmm. As God sees the suffering in the world that often leaves us with questions, it's not that God sees it and keeps his hands off, but he sees it and he, he wants to respond and he promises he will. Amen. Mm -hmm. Chelsea, it seems like you're painting the picture that God cares. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Is that true? That's why we're here, isn't it? Amen. Because we know God cares. Scott, did you have something to say? Yeah, you know, in several recent episodes, we've seen how people struggle in our lives and, and, and there are challenges and sometimes the psalmists have had, have had issues and have had questions and, and this here is kind of an answer to this, that, that no, there's a point where God says, I will arise mm -hmm. no more, I'm, I'm going to step in and deal with it. Mm -hmm. 
So it sounds like from this verse we've learned that God is a personal God. Yes. Amen. That He wants to get involved in every one of our lives. Amen. Well, why is that? Because, because He loves us, us, right? Us. Derek, you've introduced me to that phrase, with an immeasurable and unfailing love. Amen. I've never forgotten that. Mm. Praise God. Uh, and uh, that's the theme when I preach or when we teach, um, is that God loves us with an immeasurable and unfailing love. Are there some other Bible verses that remind us that God wants to intervene or arise on our behalf? Can any of you think of a Bible verse or two um, where, uh, where the Bible talks about that? Can anyone think of one? Yes, yeah, Sean? Yes, Psalm 50, verse 15 uh, comes to my mind. Would you read that for us? Yes, and from, again, the New King James Version, Call upon me... In the day of trouble, I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Amen. Sounds like God wants to get involved. Right. Anybody else? Jonathan. Yeah, the whole Psalm of 91 pretty much applies, but I yes. like the last three verses, verse 14 through 16. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version here. Can I have a chance to find that first? I want yeah, to go yeah, yeah. along. All right. Psalms 91, okay. verses 14 through 16. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue and honor him with long life. I will satisfy, satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. 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 God is looking for us to call upon him. Is anyone else, before we move on, Puya, you want to share another verse? Go ahead. We, we could spend the whole study just sharing verses um, on how God wants to intervene in our life. It's because he cares. Go ahead, Puya. Someone once told me this is the cell phone number of Jesus. <laughs> J333, Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Oh. <laughs> Jeremiah, 33. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. And I will be reading from the New King James Version. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Mm -hmm. You know, um, somebody told me one time, I think we read it in a book, that God has a whole storehouse Mm -hmm. uh, full of things for us that we don't have because we don't ask. That's right. Maybe we need to learn to call on the Lord. Right. Right? Yes. Which moves us to the next part of our study, mm -hmm. calling on the Lord. Mm -hmm. God wants to intervene and be a blessing to us. I'm going to have uh, Leah read Psalm 18, 1 through 3. I'm going to ask what the context in here of what the context of this story is. So go ahead and read that for us, Leah. But let's think about this story. Maybe someone can help explain what's going on when Leah is done reading. All right. Psalm 18 verses 1 through 3 in the English Standard Version. It reads, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. Amen. Mm. David seems like he has been in trouble, mm -hmm. but God has rescued him. What is, what is the context? Uh, what is going on here um, in these verses that Leah just read? Nicholas, do you, do you know what's going on in these few verses? 
Well, David, uh, for being a king and all the things that he had in his life, spent a large portion of his life on the run um, from Saul and even during a later portion of his life from his own son, Absalom. And David was constantly waiting on God to deliver him and actually had several times where he could have delivered himself from running from Saul, where Saul was near him, where David had the opportunity to kill him. But instead, he waited for the Lord to arise, for God to intervene. He waited for God's timing in each of those situations. Thank you for sharing that, Nicholas. So someone want to share part of these? Nicholas just said that God delivered him. How did God deliver him out of a few of these circumstances? Does anyone want to share um, maybe a story on how God delivered him? Mm. Who, yep? <laughs> uh, th- there are many stories where God <laughs> delivered David. Uh, from his uh, journey of running away. Obviously, one from this specific uh, uh, psalm mm-hmm. is where he got delivered from the hand of Saul specifically, mm-hmm. right? God gave him multiple opportunities. In a way, there were opportunities for David to take revenge on Saul, but he waited on God. For example, one story where uh, David was hiding with his soldiers in a cave, and somehow Saul and his soldiers ended up in the same cave and fell mm-hmm. asleep. David could have taken the life of Saul right then and there, but he waited on God's timing, mm-hmm. didn't act on his own. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Thank you for sharing that, Puya. Anyone else have a story or uh, want to remind us a story where God delivered David? Jason. Think about uh, David and Goliath, you know? <laughs> I was thinking about that very story. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful story, you know? I mean, it just shows you how God can use the weak things to put the proud to shame. Mm-hmm. You know, a child, if you will, a teenager, mm-hmm. this tall giant, you know, it's just amazing how God can utilize situations to bring honor to his name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when God is with you, a giant is just a big target. <laughs> That's a good one. You know, how could you miss? But, but, but the real issue, of course, as you read the story, is that this giant is blaspheming the Lord. That's right. And so it's just beautiful, as Jason said, that, that God doesn't need strong people. Mm-hmm. He just needs people who know the Lord will arise and, and join God in, in, in what he's doing. He needs people who want to call on him. That's right. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, you look like you have a comment. <laughs> I was just thinking when Poyo was speaking, he was talking about he waited on the Lord. And so often we don't wait on God to bring deliverance. Right. Mm-hmm. That is true. And we saw that through the whole life of David. Well, through most of the life of David. There's a few times he should have called, mm-hmm. uh, but he did not. But I'm thankful for the stories uh, where God intervened on David's behalf and worked miracles. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Can anyone think of any other stories in the Bible where God intervened or where God rose up mm-hmm. and intervened for his people? Any other stories? Chelsea. The One of the famous ones is in Exodus, right? When the people of Israel, they relocated to Egypt and they became a, a vast nation there, became enslaved. That's found in Exodus chapter 3, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to read um, Exodus 3, 1 through 9 for us? Sure. Exodus 3, 1 through 9. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Exodus 3, 1 through 9, you said, right? Yes, please. 
perfect. Now, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near, take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you're standing is holy grounds. And he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt mm -hmm. and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and I've come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me. And I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. You know, some may say it took God a long time mm. to hear their cry, but everything's in God's timing. He knows the beginning from the end. Thank you for sharing that story. Any other stories in the Bible where, where God rose up for his people? Actually, there's a lot of them, <laughs> but um, <laughs> probably in every book. Yes, Scott. You know, the... My favorite one is when Jesus came to this earth, because that that was that was God putting an end to sin, and we sometimes don't think of that in the same context. But that's ultimate. That's God's ultimate. That's right. That, that's the ultimate arising, right? <laughs> if I will be lifted up, I will, I will draw, draw all men to me. Hmm. Does anyone have a testimony? I'm going to um, give someone a chance to share testimony uh, when God rose up for you when you called on him and he rose up for you. Does anyone have a testimony? Puya? For me, I, I just want to take a step back and I will answer the question specifically. I, I struggle with this question about how is it that God is so sovereign and he knows everything and yet our prayer somehow makes a difference and when I call on him to rise, to arise from my own life, individually God would act on it. Right. I was trying to wrestle through this, and I believe the, 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 the picture of the great controversy where the character of God is being in question helps me understand this a little better, mm. where we don't surprise God when we ask Him to arise, mm -hmm. right? He already <laughs> knows all of the problems that we're going through. It's mm -hmm. not like God is asleep, and then when we cry out to Him to arise, that He suddenly wakes up. It's not of that. He knows I, what we want before we need it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But by praying to Him, by crying out mm -hmm. to Him, when we call on Him to arise, I believe it's a way of us allowing Him, giving Him room in our lives to come in and act. Mm. That, that struggle that I had, the mental you know, like struggle of understanding the big picture, mm -hmm. when I pray, God, I need to understand this process. Mm -hmm. Somehow God led me to that understanding through the study of the Word. Mm. You know, Puya, I'm glad that you shared that, because while you were saying that, I was thinking, maybe a God allows that to happen, 
so that we, when we call on him and he works through us, if he, if God just worked on us, we might think that we did it. Mm. We might just think that we did it. Uh, Stephanie. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just thinking as well along that same line is that part of that is recognizing that I do need help mm. and I do need a call on him. Amen. Anybody else want to share a testimony where God arose? Yes, Jason. Yeah. So, um, as most of people know, I was in the military. And so the time where I was in a very frustrated situation, you know, uh, I didn't want to be there. You know, I was coming from Chicago, a uh, new place, I guess you, some could say a foreign land, if you will. And it just was a different culture. And I was like, Lord, why am I here? Why this? I was crying out to the Lord. And it got to a point where the Lord, some, I, I don't know when it happened, but I know it happened because it got to a point where things started to get better. Mm -hmm. You know, like I didn't, I didn't do anything. And mm -hmm. so it really showed me that God was in control of this whole situation about me being in the military. And so it was a blessing to see that his hand was upon that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God is faithful, right? He, he cares about each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to the next part of our lesson. God hearing the cry of the oppressed. Yes, he does. Katie, I'm going to have you read from the Psalms, Psalm 12, verse 15. If you would read, we want to see how God hears the cry of the oppressed. Would you read verse that for five. us, Katie? Is it verse 5? Yeah, Psalm 12, verse 5. Mm -hmm. Sure. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. Well, we get this idea that God is looking down and caring for those who he sees in trouble. Yes. By the way, that could be any of us, right? right. Amen. Um, matter of fact, at one time, it probably was all of us. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, let's, uh, let's read another, uh, another couple verses. Um, Psalm 9, 9 through 10. And if I could have Jonathan read that. Uh, Psalm 9, 9 through 10. God is looking down. He cares about those who are suffering and oppressed. Read that for us, please, Jonathan. All right. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. Mm. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Mm. Amen. You know, those are some special promises because I know there's I know there's many people watching. I've personally felt that way. I know there's many watching today who think, it's comforting to know that God is looking down and cares for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to read a couple more verses. And Stephanie, I'm going to have you read um, Psalm 89, uh, 14. And uh, we're going to find out why the Lord shows special care for those who are oppressed. All right. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. You know, Stephanie, it sounds like a government I want to be a part of. <laughs> Righteousness and, and justice. justice. Well, it doesn't stop there because in 97, Psalm 97, 1 and 2, we see kind of the same theme. Sean, if, or uh, Daniela, would you actually read that for us? Mm -hmm. Psalm 97, 1 and 2. Okay, so I'll be reading Psalm 97, uh, from our 1 to 2 from the New International Version. 
The Lord reigns, let the earth be glad, let the distant shores rejoice. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the, thro- are the foundation of his throne. Mm. That's good news again. <laughs> so why does God care about the oppressed? Why? Righteousness and justice. He's <laughs> righteous, just, It's the foundation God. of his government. It, oh, That's yeah. right. It's the foundation of his throne. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm just thinking back to this great controversy and trying to understand that one of the most important ways it seems to me that God intervenes mm-hmm. is through people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he impresses just yeah. yesterday, one of our team members shared with me, she was almost homeless. Now, that's not oppressed, but it is in great need. Mm-hmm. And God impressed another family yes. to basically adopt her as their daughter. Mm-hmm. That's not normal. Mm-hmm. That's where the love of God is in a person's mm-hmm. heart or in a family's hearts, right? So I think it's really important to realize that this revelation of the loving character of God, that we can have a part to play in that. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, Derek, maybe God is calling us to arise (laughs) (laughs) and be a representative of that throne of justice, mercy, and righteousness. Amen. Amen. Um, What a beautiful concept. What a beautiful idea um, that God's throne is based on justice and mercy. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep reading here in the psalm, Psalm 58, 1 and 2. And if I could have Puya read that for me, Psalm 58, 1 and 2. There's a lot of injustice in the world today. Mm. We see it all around us. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Mm. But actually, the psalmist speaks out about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you read that for us, Puya? Let's, let's see what, what the psalmist says about um, injustice in the world. Sure, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Psalms. 58, 1 and 2. Do you indeed speak righteousness, you silent ones? Mm. Do you judge uprightly, you sons of man? No. In heart you work wickedness. You weigh out the violence of your hands Mm. in the earth. You know, Puya, I've read some books by a man named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But just as interesting as his books um, were to me was some of the things that he said. And one of the things that he said was, saying nothing is saying something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we're silent, when we see oppression, it says something about who we are. Maybe we haven't trusted in God and recognized that His throne is mercy, justice, Mm -hmm. and righteousness. Mm -hmm. We're going to, Sean, you had a comment. Yeah, very simply, sometimes people feel very uncomfortable speaking against the evils of our day, whether they're afraid of how someone's going to react or treat them. Mm -hmm. But we need to remember this. God uses our speech as well to change the world. And if God's put a message on our heart to speak against something, he's calling us to arise, as you have said. (laughs) And if we speak his truth in that situation, he will come into it with power to change and help that person who's being oppressed. Mm -hmm. So we, we need to be courageous people and speak against the injustices we see. And y'all want to affirm what Sean said. The challenge is that we do it reflecting Mm. the immeasurable, unfailing love of God. So it doesn't come across like we're attacking people. That's right. Mm -hmm. The people are not the enemy. We know the enemy in the great controversy. Mm. So to be able to speak out against evil, 
but do it with a heart of love, like Jesus did, I think is the real Amen. challenge and invitation God Amen. gives to us. By the way, you're referring to a verse that mentions that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's right. right. That's the right. people are not our enemy. That has been a life-changing verse for me. Amen. It's important to remember that, yes. especially when we're um, arising or intervening right. on someone's behalf. Mm-hmm. Scott. I just wanted to also follow on with what um, Sean said, because sometimes when God places a burden on us to speak about something and we worry about the consequences, we, mm-hmm. fig- we forget that if God placed the burden on us, then the consequences are his responsibility, not ours, mm-hmm. right? And, and you know, if I, if I speak a message that God wants me to speak, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe I might suffer for it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that's God's problem, not mine. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that, Scott. I, oh, Nicholas, I'm going to take your comment, and then I'm going to have Leah read uh, Psalm 82, 2 through 4. Go ahead, Nicholas. I would just like to point uh, you to a verse in Matthew 25 as we're talking about this topic, and we'll wait until uh, everyone has time to turn there. But Matthew 25, starting in verse 34, talking about Jesus is talking about when he will come again and divide the nations. And as he's dividing the nations, he, he says to those who are on his right hand, uh, on his right side, he speaks to them here in Matthew 25, 34. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Verse 37, then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Verse 39, or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And then the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Mm. So when we respond to the oppression in our world, it's not that we're just responding to people who are poor or in need. We are touching the heart of Christ himself. And it's our way of thanking Christ for what he's done for us. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, thank you for sharing that. And, and, and of course, we don't do that to earn God's favor. Mm-hmm. That love for others is actually supernaturally planted <laughs> in each of us. We have to ask for that, right? That's right. Maybe that's part of the uh, thing we need to call on God to arise and shine that love mm-hmm. in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Leah, if you wouldn't mind uh, reading from the Psalms. Uh, Psalm 82, 2 through 4. God here in this, these uh, few verses is calling us to listen and calling us to action. Mm. All right. Psalm 82, verses 2 through 4 in the English Standard Version. It reads, How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of, of the wicked. 
What can we learn from the, these few verses, Jonathan? Yeah, I just, I, I, I like how it focuses the, I mean, justice can mean many things. We can make justice about, okay, um, wrath and, and judgment. But here it, it specifically says, do justice to the fatherless, to help those out in need. And there's so many people in our world that don't have justice, don't have the care, the support, the uh, yeah, the, the, the sustainment that they deserve, and uh, that's justice. You know, I'm reminded of John chapter 4 when he tells them, Jesus tells the disciples, lift up your eyes and look, mm. because their fields are already ripe for the harvest. Wow. The psalmist here is pleading with us to be intentional about taking a look around and seeing where we can be a blessing. Right. Well, there's a lot of oppression in the world today. We have to move on <laughs> in our study. A lot of oppression in the world today. Uh, where do we see a need for justice? I'm actually gonna put you on the spot, Haiti. Where do you see a need for justice in, in the world we live in today? Well, one issue that is a major issue in the world right now is human trafficking. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, that that is something that we as a church, as followers of Christ should be doing something about something to to help free these people and help put an end to this vicious hor horrific mm. uh, world where people are being exploited yeah. mm. you know That's what right. you said at the beginning Travis about atheist or deist when we really believe that God is a God who loves us no person can be viewed as a commodity mm -hmm. to be trafficked That's right if, if anyone's sold for any amount of money, it's actually selling them well short of their value because they it's are infinite. precious sons and daughters of God. Mm -hmm. That you see, if we believe we're just here by accident, it is the survival of the fittest. Mm -hmm. There is no moral guidelines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But but that is so alien to the character of our loving Creator. That's right. Mm -hmm. yes. Well, Derek, that brings me to a question: <laughs> mm. How do we respond? Mm. Mm -hmm. when we see somebody in need. How do we respond? Um, Scott, and then Chelsea. You know, I think one of, the, one of the things when it comes to dealing with oppression is, we can think of the, all these big picture issues, but the question is, how do I react with the situations that I, that I observe in my life? Right. You know, mm -hmm. when I see something, when I see somebody in need, mm -hmm. do I help them? When I, when I observe um, an injustice, taking place? Do I take a stand? Do I stand up? You know, there are so many big issues in the world. I, I may not have the ability to influence all of them, but, but do I take the stand on those where I do have the yeah. ability to influence? Yeah. Mm. Thank you for sharing, Chelsea. I think too, at least for me, it comes to like, even if a certain issue is not happening to me or, or I'm not experiencing a certain form of injustice, um, that doesn't mean, I, I shouldn't just hold it at arm's length. It shouldn't just be yeah. like, oh, it's so far removed. I'm too busy with my own things. I have to focus on my own life and, and kind of having this more insular perspective. It's a challenge for God to arise in me, awaken wow. within me, in my heart. Um, a heart that breaks for the things that break God's heart. Enough to step away from um, the things just right in front of my face that tend to take priority in my life to be able to prioritize what's happening in someone else's life mm -hmm. and, and help them out. Setting yourself aside mm -hmm. 
yeah. and esteeming others higher than yourself. I'm going to come to Daniela and then to Sean. Oh, I think the first step in general is just to get uncomfortable because I feel like sometimes <laughs> we're like, that's so bad. And we kind of put go like, well, I hope right. someone takes care of that. But I feel like as Christians, like our step is just to get out of our comfort zone mm-hmm. and just do it. Yeah. Like without thinking, we'll pray about it and ask God for wisdom. But the first step is always to get uncomfortable because Jesus was never comfortable. Right. Right. He had to <laughs> die. So I think it's for us, the first step and for everybody, is just to get uncomfortable yeah. and just go out there. That's right. That's do right. The well, God will give us a holy boldness when right. we step right. out in right. faith. That's right. And, and, and going off what Daniela said, we need to realize mm-hmm. the world needs this ministry from us mm-hmm. to call it away from injustice. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. And back then, what they use salt for? To prevent meat from physical decay Mm -hmm. in the same way we are to prevent the world from moral decay Mm -hmm. and salt is not good if it stays in the salt shaker (laughs) it needs to get out in the meat it needs to get out in the wounds we need to be in the world the reality is the world saying please help us Mm -hmm. and god is saying i want to use you to go out there and help them the question is are we willing to arise when god asks us to do so you know somebody said sean um, go preach the gospel and use words only if necessary Mm -hmm. right nicholas i'll come to you and then we're going to move on really quickly i just want to share uh, a verse from isaiah 58 starting in verse 6 isaiah 58 verse 6 and uh god here is speaking to his people about the practical things that they can do in their daily life to relieve the oppression mm-hmm. too, just like um, Sean was saying. Isaiah 58, starting in verse six, I'm reading from the New King James Version, is this not the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke, Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring to your house the poor who were cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? (laughs) So the things that are in our resources, our time and our talents to do, we are to dedicate that to share with others. Amen. And I love how that starts out in Isaiah 58. Cry out. Mm. It's an urgent message to the world or to God's people to get involved Uh, with humanity. I just had a humorous uh, picture come into my (laughs) mind, but I've really been impressed through this study where the Lord says, I will arise, but but you're saying he wants us to arise. Mm -hmm. And I thought of the image of Jesus where he says, take my yoke upon you. Mm -hmm. When we are connected to Jesus, Mm -hmm. when he stands up, we stand up, (laughs) we stand up, (laughs) right? When God arises, we arise, not because we like, okay, <laughs> we're connected. Mm. Our heart mm. is connected mm. to the heart of God. Amen. I know he'll, I'll probably be dangling. He's <laughs> a lot taller than me, but, but you know what I'm saying? That, that beautiful, uh, it's, it's like a synchronization. Yes. You know, when God says, I will arise. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> because of that connection. Amen. That Amen. 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 Well, Stephanie, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, because there's a story in the Bible. Uh, it's found in Luke 10, 30 through 37. Would you summarize that for us? It's a story about somebody who, well, he got beat up. Mm. And he's laying by the side. Would you just summarize that story for us quickly? Yeah, this is the story of what, how we would know as the Good Samaritan, right? Mm. And um, there are different individuals from the church or just 
randomly that are walking by that would normally should have stopped mm -hmm. and helped this man. But the Samaritan did stop and he was not expected to stop. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that those who were expected to stop to help this man mm -hmm. did not. And those who were not expected to stop are the ones that gave up and beyond what the call of duty. Mm. God is calling us to arise. Haiti, um, you had a comment. I'd like to hear what you had to say. I just wanted to say that part of doing something about this is this conversation. It's being aware of it. Mm -hmm. If it isn't something that the Holy Spirit impresses upon you naturally, it's something we can ask God. God, help me to not be so selfish. Help me to see the needs of the world around me. Mm -hmm. Like many have said, I can't do something to address every issue, but I can do something for the things that I do see in, in my world, in my community, mm -hmm. in my circle of influence. And um, for example, I know someone um, in a community where there were many homeless people uh, started to gather supplies yep. and filled their car with these supplies with baggies, um, with toothpaste, with mm -hmm. water, with some snacks. And anytime they pull up to a red light and there was a homeless person, they would give them that. Yep. And you hear stories of other people doing other things, um, uh, providing people with clothing in the winter. Uh, but I think that it's something that we have to be intentional to ask God for. And I think that when you ask God that, watch out, because I think that that's a prayer that he's going to answer immediately. Amen. That is his will for us. Amen. He will arise. Thank you for sharing that, Haiti. Well, um, there are stories in the Bible where it seems like God is slow to arise. Mm. And I'm going to, Jonathan, I, I'm going to maybe put you on the spot here, but, but Elijah is on Mount Carmel. Mm -hmm. And um, he had, God had just worked a miracle through him. And now rain hadn't fallen for a long period of time. Mm. And he does something, goes on the mountain and he prays. Does God answer his prayer right away? You remember? Okay, you're talking about afterwards. <laughs> yeah, does God answer the prayer? How, how many times did he have to go and pray? I believe it was seven. Seven times, and he faithfully would send his servant back up to see if there was rain. But did God answer his prayer? Yes. He did. <laughs> well, then the same story, um, God answered his prayer when he prayed only one time. Can you hmm. tell us about that? That was uh, when when God's <laughs> reputation was at stake. <laughs> and I, I, just back to some of the other things we were talking about, it seems like part of this is stepping out and trusting on, when we call upon the name of the Lord, yeah. his reputation is at stake. I mean, yeah. we're saying, Lord, this is this is your name that's at stake when, when this is happening or, or, or when we need you at work. And so part of that is our job to act, to send our servant to, to go and to, to, to do what God calls us. I think it's an important point, though, and this is, you mentioned God's timing. In one situation, he prays and mm. fire comes down, burns up not only the sacrifice, but the altar and evaporates all the water. I mean, incredible. <laughs> and and an, another time, he's going seven times. And of course, that's not the only time. Naaman had to dip seven times. Yeah. God's timing. Ultimately, it's really not us arising. 
Mm. It's God arising, mm -hmm. and we're with Him. Mm -hmm. And I think the challenge for me, you know, I grew up in a big city in London. There's a lot of homeless people, and they're begging, but that you know they're going to misuse what you give to them. And then there's genuinely needy people. Yes. And, and we really need to say, God, give me your heart. You, when you arise, God, and say, go there, do that, I will arise with you. I, 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 I personally desperately need that um, intimate connection. Yes. So that I'm, I'm certainly not trying to earn God's love by feeding every person around. But, but Lord, show me what you want me to do. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. And by the way, uh, you can find that story in First Kings 18. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, but what is the common response when we pray for God? To respond and he doesn't answer either in the way we want or as soon as we want. Mm. What is a common response? Uh, Jonathan? I, I think it can be challenging, especially when <laughs> you know that you're trying to like, we're, we're trying to help somebody that it, mm. it is in this country, they need something, they're, they're in a kind of a refugee mm. here in America and it's been hard. We have some things that just kind of fall through and it's just, and, and yet I've been telling this person who's not a Christian, like, no, I, I, I trust God's timing. God will work this out. And it's like, Sometimes it, it, it takes trust, it takes faith to say, no, I, I don't see a, a, a cloud yet. I don't see, but I know that God is faithful and will work it out for his glory in and however he does it. And I think that's part of the thing that God calls us to do. Amen. Well, we're going to read a couple verses. Uh, Jason, if you would read Psalm 27, 13 through 14. And then Leah, I must ask you to read Isaiah 40, 28 through 31 because there's some instruction and what, on waiting for the Lord. Mm. If, if we could have you read that. Would you read that for us first, Jason, in oh, yeah. Psalm? Be my pleasure. Psalms 27, verse 13 and 14, reading from the New King James Version. And the Bible says, I would have lost heart mm. unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you for sharing Praise that. God. Amen. And Isaiah 40, 28 to 31, Leah, would you read that for us? Mm hmm Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases their strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall, mm. uh, shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Mm. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Hallelujah. I feel refreshed. Yeah. I want to wait on the Lord. Right. But I know... Um, that uh, that that can have its challenges. Mm -hmm. You know, I was reading through some of um, sometimes I use in my studies um, different study guides and commentaries, and this idea came when, in which I just wrote something down. But this idea came from that, and that is this: hope is the flame that keeps faith from turning to fear. Mm. Hope is the flame that keeps faith from turning to fear. Waiting for God, trusting in His promises. Amen. Little flame mm -hmm. that keeps faith from turning to fear. I just really appreciated that idea. 
Well, I would like to sh- uh, short testimony, just a short testimony. When when God has uh, called, uh, or when God has taught you to learn to wait, <laughs> does anyone have a short, just a short testimony, Scott? My wife and I, before we got married, she was living in Botswana, I was living in the United States, and we were trying to find a way to get her here so we could get married. And right as she applied for a visa, COVID closed down, closed down travel, and it wasn't possible. And we were praying a lot and waiting a lot, and there were deadlines looming. And at the very last moment, God intervened. She got her visa, and and she came, and we were able to get married. So that was a, that was a case we had to really trust God. Amen. Mm. You know, travel does that to us. I remember when I was supposed supposed to fly to Australia. I probably told this testimony, and my visa didn't come through. And I called the director at Arise. It was a school evangelism I was going to, and I said my visa didn't come through. And he said, "Praise God." <laughs> I said, praise God. He goes, yeah, he's going to work a miracle. (laughs) I wish I had that kind of faith. Well, it's growing. Um, Well, um, God has promised that he is going to arise and judge the earth. I want someone to read Psalm 96, 11 through 13. Maybe I can have Haiti read that for us. Psalm 96, 11 through 13. And then Chelsea, if you'd read um, 98, 8 and 9 for us. All right, Psalm 96, 11 through 13. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it says, Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and all its fullness. Let the field be joyful and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. For he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness Amen. and the Amen. peoples with his truth. Praise God. Amen. And Chelsea, 98, 8, and 9. Yes, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Thank Amen. you. I'm going to ask a quick question. Mm-hmm. By whose righteousness are we judged? Hallelujah. Jesus. Because <laughs> I think the Bible says that our righteousness is what? Filthy, Filthy rags. Rags. So we're actually judged by his goodness and righteousness. If we choose to accept him as our savior, yeah. if, otherwise we stand condemned. <laughs> yes. Amen. Right? We don't want to be judged by our own righteousness. Right. We want to be judged by his righteousness. We can hide our life in his. Isn't that his plea? Mm. He wants all of us uh, to be hidden in Christ. So how can we, in a few, just a few short um, answers, how can we face the final judgment without fear? Mm. Who yet? Um, by accepting the <laughs> grace of Jesus, His righteousness. And this is good news because yes. once Jesus comes again to judge the world, it means that the suffering, mm. the pain, the okay. problem of yeah. sin and death mm-hmm. will be finally right. dealt with. Mm-hmm. It will never be the same again. It is good news. It is good news. Maybe that's why David was so excited and repeatedly um, would talk about Jesus or the Son of God coming to judge in righteousness. Mm-hmm. I think I'm excited too, Derek. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing with us. And thank you for joining us for Hope Sabbath School today. Some of you are, are feeling like at the end of the book of Revelation, even so come. 
Lord Jesus, because you see injustice all around you. Your heart breaks. Chelsea talked about the heart of God, right? Feeling the heart of God. Imagine how God feels with all of the injustice around. Mm -hmm. But he, he wants to arise even now, and he wants us to arise with him, connected to him, to make a difference even in this troubled world as we prepare for the soon coming of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I want to covenant today to have that connection with him that when he stands up in any situation Amen. that I stand up too. What about Amen. you? Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, mm. forgive us for the times we've been so slow. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. But thank you also for the challenge when, when we see that you're a God of justice and righteousness and, and you will arise. And God, when you call us to stand up with you, may we boldly stand courageously, willing to sacrifice whatever is necessary for the honor of your name and the blessing of your children. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. You say, Derek, this could change my life. And the answer is, amen. God wants to change our lives. Go out in Jesus' name and be a blessing to those around you.